Well, good morning and welcome to Movement Church. My name is Mark and I'm excited to, uh, to be together. It's exciting to see everyone here today. And uh, I'm sorry to be the, the bearer of bad news, uh, but if you didn't know, this week something monumentally awful happened. Uh, the, the world stood still, time stopped, I may or may not have cried. Uh, this is a big deal, but I, I want to share this with you. Uh, Zayn Malik left One Direction, guys. And yeah, it's true. Um, we can put a picture up. There, there they are. He's, he's second from the left, but he's no longer. Uh, some of you have no idea what I'm talking about, so let me, let me fill you in. Uh, One Direction is, uh, I guess, the, the biggest musical group in the world. They're the, the current boy band. That, that's awesome. They, they were put together like puppets a few years ago, and they've been on tour ever since then, just putting out an album like every six months of songs that someone else wrote. So um, that is who One Direction is, and clearly... I am upset about this. So I uh, wanted, wanted to, uh, to let everybody know that today. So maybe, maybe you're, you're um, I don't want to say old, maybe we'll say mature, or you have many years behind you. Maybe you don't know who One Direction is. Maybe you uh, haven't cared about a boy band in a while. And so to get us uh, started this morning, I thought we could take a tour through the, the last couple decades and just talk about boy bands through the ages. So um, depending on which one makes your heart pitter-patter, this may show your age, might show your immaturity or your weird musical taste. So we're going to take a journey here. Uh, we're going to start in the, the 1960s here. And uh, there was a, a group called the Beatles that, that some people uh, know, some people are excited about. Some of you, want, you're already like getting defensive, like, that was not a boy band, all right? Just being honest, people, if they're on TV and girls squeal when they see them, they're a boy band, all right? That's the definition. So uh, we had the Beatles in the 60s. Uh, they were so popular, them in their awesome pants and not wearing shoes, apparently, that a group had to be formed to copy them. Uh, and so the, the monkeys came about, and um, they were clearly awesome and had great hair. So uh, the, the monkeys came around. Uh, next decade, we, we had a, a group called the Jackson Five and um, just some, some different people. Um, I'm trying to grow my hair out like that presently. It's not going awesome. But um, again, people are like, that's not a boy band. They're great. But I, I think they were, if we're being honest. Uh, there was another group that, that followed after them called Menudo. Um, I actually used to have, I used to do a little, <laughs> there they are, so dreamy. Um, I, I, I had some turntables for a while in college, and I had this Menudo record that I thought was like so awesome. And my friends are like, get that out of our apartment. They like, so we're so creeped out by it. Um, but, but anyway, the next decade uh, brought us New Edition. So you may, you may remember New Edition. There they are. Um, I actually have tried to wear a hat like that Nike one at some point in my life. So that was, that was New Edition. Uh, also, also had New Kids on the Block later uh, in, in the 80s. And um, I'm actually going to see them this summer. I don't know if I should say that or not, but I'm super pumped about it. My inner third grader is like going crazy. So um, going to see New Kids on the Block can be a good time. And uh, later on, we, uh, we had a group called Boys to Men. So um, maybe you remember them. Maybe, maybe you too made your first CD purchase as Cooley High Harmony. Maybe not. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but also uh, another group that, that popped up in the 90s, a group called Hanson. And uh, I've actually, actually had a discussion with someone in this church in the last week that they went to see Hanson just like two years ago, and they were kind of embarrassed by it, but they always wanted to. So uh, we had Hanson. Uh, one of my personal favorites uh, coming up here, uh, a group called Sync. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah, all right. Now we're, now we're getting in the good stuff because people are getting excited. How come, how come when I normally teach, no one gets excited like that? But anyway, um, yeah, so we, we had NSYNC there. 
Um, one time someone gave me a marionette doll for a joke for Christmas, and I still have it. So uh, it's an in-sync marionette doll that's at my house. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, one of the best arguments you can ever have in life is who's better, in-sync or the Backstreet Boys. I've always been an in-sync guy, but some of you will see the Backstreet Boys up here and know that, that they exist and know that they were cool in that same time period, and they were, they were always clashing, and uh, it was a great argument you could have with your, with your uh, friends. Wow. If you've ever worn a visor, just remember not to put it on sideways because that's completely out of style. Um, and then to bring us up in the last couple years here, there was a, there was a group called the Jonas Brothers. Uh, they were, or Joe Bro, as you, you may call them. Um, they, were, they were pretty popular. And uh, finally, uh, they've, they've broken up now. It's sad when brothers break up, right? Because they still have to go to family Christmas, but they're done. Um, and, uh, and, then, and then we have One Direction. So that brings us full circle. But like we, like we saw, they, uh, they bit the dust this week also. Um, and it's, it's sad, but it's, but it's true. And like I said, I define uh, a boy band as someone that when they do a concert, people are squealing, right? Because when Marilyn Manson does a concert, no one's, no one's going, ah, like that. But, but when, when, when boy bands do shows, there are people there and they're squealing and they're having that fanboy moment, that moment of excitement and that moment that just kind of puts them over the top. Now, some of us, based on our age, based on our maturity, based on our toughness, are thinking, that does not apply to me. I don't like boy bands. I don't like pop music. I don't even like music. I don't even listen to the radio. I listen to NPR, and I'm mature, and I'm awesome. And so, but here's the thing. We all have some, something in our life that, that makes us a, a fanboy or that makes us squeal like that, right? Some of the toughest guys in this room are that way when they watch Ohio State football, Right? The room got a little more quiet, a little more real, right? Some of us are that way. I had a friend this week that, that got to go to a mall and meet her favorite chef off of some show I've never heard of on some cable network I've never heard of. And it was like her fanboy moment. She's like, have you seen his tiramisu? And she's talking about it. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. But everyone has something in their life that makes them just stop and kind of just, just stand in awe and be like, oh, this is incredible, right? For, for me growing up, that was a group called DC Talk. Some of you have never even heard of them. Uh, but there was a guy in that group. Uh, he goes by the, the performing name of Toby Mac now. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, I was obsessed with them. And I'm talking like really bad. Some of you have been on Instagram and seen that there are like people that have fan accounts and, and that's just what they do. If, if Instagram and fan accounts had existed in the 90s, I would have done that for DC Talk. I was getting like fan club newsletters and every time I would see like a new photo shoot that they did, I would run out and buy whatever hat or outfit they were wearing and I would wear like wooden cross necklaces. I mean like whatever they did, I did. And so uh, one year I finally, finally, finally had a chance to meet them after stalking them and going to shows for all these years since like third grade. I was in high school and I was at a festival and they weren't even there, uh, but one of the groups that, that they knew was performing, and all of a sudden we were at this little side stage, me and some people from my youth group, and we looked up, and there was Toby Mac backstage. And, and time stood still between he and I. And my friend was next to me and was like, Toby! You know, gave him like one of those. And, and, and he came over, and uh, my friend Allison was like, hey, I'm Allison, it's so great to meet you, and this is my friend Mark. And I, I kid you not, this is what I did. I was just like... <laughs> and I like to think like, I'm decent with people. I can talk when I'm supposed to. And she goes, this is my friend Mark. And, and she looks over and I'm, she goes, Mark, Mark, say something. And like hits me. And then I was like, uh, hey, you know, like I didn't even know what to say. It was so awkward. And so he like signs these things for us and he has to go, you know, didn't want a crowd to be there. And, um, 
She's like, well, you really screwed that up, didn't you? Finally met your idol. And, and I was like, shut up, you know. And, and, um, but but here's, the, here's the reality. Whether your person is One Direction, whether your, your thing that makes you a fanboy is Ohio State football, whether it's some chef off of a reality show, whether it's, it's a car, everyone has something that makes them kind of stop and, and just stand in awe, right? And when, when you're in awe of something, it, it changes your actions, for me, the actions that it changed were my ability to think and talk. And so I, I just did one of those, right? For some people, it makes you just like jump up and yell at the TV when, when Ohio State throws an interception. For some people, it makes you uncontrollably yell like you're seeing the Beatles for the first time on Ed Sullivan and just squealing and you can't do it. But when you're in awe of something, it changes your actions, right? I want to uh, take us to a, a passage today and, and just talk about what our, our awe should look like as we look at Jesus, as we look at the cross, and as we look at, at what he did. And so I want to invite you to turn to, to Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. If you've got one of the Bibles in front of you, it is on page 785. We'll be on page 785. And if you do not have a copy of the Bible, we would love for you to, to find one of the Bibles around you as you're looking that up. And, and take that home with you. If you've always wanted a Bible to read, you want to know more about God and, and, and his love for us, just, just pick that Bible up that's right in front of you, tuck it under your arm, and walk it home. I promise no one will try to arrest you or anything. We want you to have that. But we want to look at, at Luke chapter 5 today and, and unpack this principle that when you're in awe of something, it changes your actions. And so we want to look at what it looks like to be in awe of Jesus. <clears throat> So let me read Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. You can follow along. You can take some notes in your Bible, circle something, but let's read this together. It says this. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we've seen amazing things today. It's just an everyday story, the kind of thing that happens in Hilliard, Columbus, Upper Arlington, right? No, this, this, is, this is amazing, and there's so many things that we can unpack about this story, but the, the first one I want to talk about, these, these guys knew something, right? This, this group of men who were, who were bringing their friend to Jesus, like they, they understood something, and, and this is going to be our, our big idea for the day. This is going to be the thing that you want to write down. This is going to be the thing that you want to tweet out to your friends. This is big, all right? So everybody lean in. Here we go. This is our big one for the day. Jesus is amazing. 
Jesus is amazing. Now that sounds like something that you would, you would put on a t-shirt. It sounds like it's a little too simplified. You're like, all right, I was hoping for some more, maybe some Greek verbs today or something. What do you got for me, Mark? That, that's it. Jesus is amazing. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes we don't, we don't really realize that. Jesus is amazing. In fact, some of the people in this story didn't, didn't realize that, right? I mean, it, it says right at the beginning there, we're, we're seeing verse 17, that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting nearby, and these are, these are religious guys. These are guys who were leaders in the church. These are guys who, who, who were running things, and people were looking to, and they were important, and, and often they would, they would try to hang out by Jesus. They would be around him, and basically they just wanted to trip him up and find fault with what he was doing because they, they didn't really understand. They didn't get who he was and, and what he was about. They completely missed that main point that we just said, that Jesus is amazing. And when we have a a proper view of Jesus, when we have a proper view of who he is, what he has done, what he's capable of, we will be amazed. When we have a proper view of who Jesus is, we will be amazed. And when you're amazed by someone, it changes your actions, right? Right? We've already talked about that with our, with our friendly boy bands up here, maybe with Ohio State football or maybe with some show or some hobby that you have. When you have a proper view of, of Jesus, you'll be amazed. And when you're amazed by something or someone, it changes your actions. It changes your actions. I love this, this story for a lot of reasons, but the, the first thing I love is that everyone at, at this party, this gathering, they understood that Jesus was amazing. I mean, this was, this was basically a sold-out show, right? This is just like when, when One Direction comes to town or when the Beatles used to come to town. I mean, these guys wanted to get their friend in to see Jesus, and they, they couldn't. I mean, this was a standing-room-only crowd. Tickets were sold out. Everybody was there. There was a giant crowd. People wanted to see what, what was going on because the word of, of what Jesus was doing had, had spread. I mean, it had been prophesied that, that the Messiah was coming, People, people had, had heard stories through John the Baptist. People, people had heard of the miracles that he was doing, and he had, he'd begun gathering disciples, and his movement was, was growing, and people knew something was going on. They say that the best, the best form of advertising is word-of-mouth advertising, and so there was some buzz, there was some excitement about who Jesus was and what he was doing. And so word was starting to get out, this guy is amazing. And there were people who knew that and trusted that and saw that and they were in awe. And when you're in awe, it changes your actions. And so they didn't mind being in this cramped space. They didn't mind having to work hard to get to this gathering early. They didn't mind having to be there because they knew what they were about to see, who they were about to see, what they were about to be a part of was completely worth it. So when you're in awe of something, it changes your actions these guys were in awe of Jesus. Sometimes when we've grown up in the church, sometimes when we've been a part of the church, sometimes when we, we've kind of gathered some, some religious habits, we lose, we lose sight of who Jesus is, and we lose sight of that awe and that wonder and that amazement. Having a deeper faith, having a mature faith, is not about what you know. It's about what you do. And one of the things that I love in this story is that these guys, these, these people who wanted to take their friend to Jesus, this group of men, they were in awe. They were in amazement. And it changed their actions. 
They didn't say, well, we'll just come and see him next time. They knew that Jesus was amazing. They knew that they wanted their friend to be in contact with Jesus. They wanted their friend to meet Jesus, and they were going to do whatever they could do to make that happen. And so sometimes in our maturity, we, we thirst for knowledge. We, we thirst for, for knowing things. What we should thirst for is how we can change our actions. How have our, how have our actions and our patterns and our habits recently been updated because we're in awe and wonder of Jesus? I'm assuming that, that these guys didn't wake up every Saturday morning and say, hey, let's go find a paralyzed guy and put him on a mat and we'll tear a roof off and we'll lower it down. No, no, this was something that was new and that was different, but was driven by the fact that they were impressed by Jesus. They knew he was amazing and they knew that they wanted to do something because of that for their friend. So our big idea for, the, for this morning is, is this, Jesus is amazing. Here's the second part that I think that we can learn from these guys. We should do whatever we can to get our friends to Jesus. Do whatever you can to get your friends to Jesus. Now that's, that's not the main point of this. I don't want to say that those guys tearing the roof off that. That's, that's what God wanted us to know. God wanted us to know out of this passage that Jesus is amazing. How do we know that, that he's amazing? Well, because the Bible gives us a proper view of, of who he is. If you know the story of, of who Jesus is, you know that we were created in the image of God to know God and be in relationship with God. And unfortunately, things are in our lives, things that, that we call sin that separate us from God. For some people, it's pride. For some people, it's arrogance. But for most of us, it can be summed up as this. We want to do our own thing. We don't want to follow God's path, whether that's relationships, whether that's business, whether that's our ethics, whether that's lying, whether that's the way we treat our family. We all have some selfish desire in some way that makes us trust ourselves and, and go our own way. And, and those things, those sins in our lives separate us from God. But God didn't want us to be separated from him. And so out of love, out of grace, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth. And he was amazing, as this passage tells us. We see him heal people. We see him do miracles. We see him do amazing things. He was amazing. And he never committed a sin. He never did anything wrong. He was fully God, fully man, and wonderful and perfect. And so when he was accused of wrongdoing, those accusations were false. When, when humans said, we're going we're gonna to crucify this guy, we're going to hang him on a cross and, until he dies, he, he went to the cross and, and he took the, the punishment for our sins, not because he deserved those things, but because he cared about us, because that was, that was seeing God's plan happen. And so Jesus went to the cross, he took our punishment, he took our shame, he took everything that our sin deserved, and he was crucified. And he died on the cross and he defeated death and sin. And three days later, he was raised from the dead. He rose again and gave us life and gave us access to God the Father and built a bridge between a perfect God who we had no business knowing or being in his presence and us. He closed that gap. And the Bible says that if we understand who Jesus is, if we understand what he's done, and if we're willing to say, Jesus, I want to live my life for you. I want to give my life to you in the same way that you gave your life for me when you died on the cross. The Bible tells us that we are found in Jesus. And we will have access to God the Father. And we will be with him for eternity. And we can know God as we were created to know God. And we can be excited about knowing God. And we can be found in God. And we can have our trust and our hope and our love and relationship and our everything in God because of the sacrifice of Jesus. That is the gospel. And that is amazing. 
whether you were at a family wedding way too late last night and you're starting to lose your voice and your energy's kind of teetering, whether you had to work last night, whether you had to have one of those, those days where your kids were going to the bathroom on a stool, as we already heard, there are times in life that, that we, we, we lose sight of who Jesus is and we lose sight of how amazing he is. And I think sometimes we have to remember our condition that as sinners, as, as people who were getting it wrong, we were far, far from God. We are lost in ourselves. We have nothing. And Jesus changed that. He changed all of that and built a bridge to God the Father and lets us know God and be found in him and know love and know life. And that is amazing. And if we understand how amazing that is, how amazing Jesus is, we will be in awe. There will be times that we'll just be sitting back, probably like young girls do when they think of One Direction and just think like, oh, One Direction's amazing. We will find ourselves sitting at work and thinking, wow, look what Jesus has done in my life. Look how he's changed me. Look how he's transformed me. I can't believe that he did this. We'll be in awe of who Jesus is and how amazing he is. And when you're in awe of someone, it changes your actions. And the action that it should be changing in our lives is that sometimes We just need to do whatever we can do to get our friends to Jesus. Like the men in this story. They didn't say, no, there's a crowd. Maybe we'll we'll come next week. I think Jesus is doing like a tour, so we'll try to catch him over in Galilee or something. The tickets are cheaper there anyway because no one wants to go there and the venue's kind of weird. No, they didn't say, we'll wait another day or maybe, maybe they'll add a show tonight if enough people are in the parking lot. They just said, this guy's amazing, We know that, and our friend needs to know that. His life needs to be changed because he's met Jesus, because he's been in the presence of Jesus. We make excuses all of the time for why our friends can't meet Jesus through us, right? We're busy, we're embarrassed, got stuff to do. Think of all the ways that that we change our actions through the week. I mean, how many of you morph your schedule for your job? Your boss wants you to stay late. You're like, yes, please sign me up, sir. I'll be here. I want to prove how much I love this company. Some of us have kids. I mean, you know you change your schedule for that. You didn't plan on changing a diaper before you came to church, and here you are doing that now. Or maybe you didn't plan on being up three hours last night while they had night tears or whatever it is, but you changed your schedule for your kids. We change our schedule for our work. We change our schedule for our kids. We change our schedule for for things we love. So we should be able to change our schedule and our actions and the things that we're doing for Jesus. We should be able to change what we're planning on doing, what we're planning on saying, where we're planning on being because we're in awe of him and we're excited about who he is and excited about what he's doing. After reading a a passage like this, I I want us to know that we we should be motivated by who Jesus is, by how amazing he is, by what he did for us. We should stand in awe of him, and that should change our actions. But the next part is, is our move. We've been talking last week and, and this week in this, this series, just saying that our, our goals for Easter are big. They're God-sized, and we're excited about what God is doing. This, this series is called You Plus One, and that's, that's not because we just wanted to make a catchy hashtag that sounded cool. The goal for Easter next week is that when you walk in the door, it's you plus one. 
just like you can take a date to a wedding often, just like you can take someone to a party, we want you to bring someone to church. Now, that's not the only way that people hear about Jesus. Don't think that, oh, I need to bring my friend to church so that Mark can tell him. I hope that you are having spiritual conversations every day at work. I hope that you're able to share the gospel with your neighbors. I hope that you're able to talk to people. But sometimes, one way that you can do that is by bringing someone to church, by inviting someone to church. And we know that at this time of year, a lot of people have an interest in spiritual things. If you invite someone to church on on Christmas or Easter, they'll say yes. They want to be there on those holidays, and, and there's a lot of people that have a heart for what's going on in church or remember going at a younger age, and they're excited about that. And so this U plus one thing is just about that. We want to see people come to church on, on Easter. We want to see you bring a friend to church on Easter because we believe that that will drive spiritual conversations, that will drive you being intentional in your relationships with friends and family and talking to people. We want to see people simply put, coming to know Jesus. And so we shared this last week. Maybe you heard it, maybe you didn't. Some of you are thinking, didn't we already talk about this? Yep, yeah, we talked about it last week because it's a big deal because we think Jesus is amazing and we want it to change the flow of what we do and the actions of what we do. And so our goal for next week is that you will invite someone to church. We've got, uh, we've got some, some flyers we passed out last week. We sent these to, to 22,000 homes in Hilliard. I didn't personally do anything. We hired a company to do that, but you know what I mean, right? We're sending these to every home in Hilliard because we want people to know that we exist. We want them to know that that we're a movement of people finding their way back to God and that they can do that here. Some of you don't live in Hilliard, and so we have several of these by the door, and we we, we handed everybody a pack when they went home. We said, invite your family, invite your friends, invite your neighbors, invite people that God has been putting on your heart, people that God wants you to, to bring to church and so that you can have a spiritual conversation or so that they can hear the gospel for the first time, so that they can find out that Jesus is amazing. We shared the stat that 95% of people will, will come to church when asked to come to church. And so why don't our friends and family come to church? Oftentimes, it's because no one ever had the courage to just say, hey, you want to go to church with me and we can grab some Chipotle after? That's just about how simple that is. Oftentimes, we make excuses. We put barriers between us and that. We get embarrassed. And and sometimes we just have to understand that we have to do whatever is necessary to bring our friends to Jesus, to bring them to a spiritual environment, to bring them to a spiritual conversation so that they can see him and so they can know that he's amazing. So our goal for next week, U plus one, the goal is that each person in this room invites a friend, invites their whole family, invites all of their roommates, and brings someone. Our goal is that, that if that happens, we, we think that we should see the, the biggest crowd in church history. Not that it's all about the crowd. This is a personal thing and a personal challenge. If everyone in here brought a friend, it would create some awesome seating problems. I will gladly sit on the floor if you bring a friend next week. Gladly. I will be pumped about sitting on the floor. As my, as my bottom goes numb, I will be like, this is amazing, Jesus, thank you. Because we believe that when we share the gospel next week, we believe that people are going to respond to that, that people are going to see Jesus clearly for the first time and give their lives to him. So we've done a lot of things to make that day happen, to make it fun and something you can invite your friends to. You'll see on this flyer, but we're going to have a photo booth. The picture of our whole morning is that Jesus loves you wherever you are. And so we want to have an opportunity for families to kind of capture that day wherever they are. If it's you and your roommates, if it's you and your neighbors, you and your friends and your family, we're going to have a photo booth in the lobby. You can take a picture, you can make a face, you can hold up a mustache, you can do whatever you want, but we'll send you home with that picture printed off, a magnet to put on the fridge, and remember that day so that families can capture that day and have fun. 
Movement Kids has some cool stuff planned. Captain America is going to be here. Elsa is going to be here singing Let It Go. And we're going to be doing some fun creative stuff in this room. Not that it's about that photo booth or those creative things. The point is that Jesus is amazing. And so if we have to rent a photo booth or, or have someone dress up like Captain America to point that out, we're willing to do that. Because we want to do whatever we can for your friends and family to see Jesus. If that means tearing tiles off the ceiling, we're probably not going to do that because we don't own this building, all right? But you get my point. We're going to do whatever we can for your friends and family to see Jesus, just like the men in this story, in this passage. And so it's, it's our move. We talked about this last week. We were challenged to do this last week. We're not going to have you raise your hand or anything, but many of you were here. I wonder how many of you were able to invite someone. We're able to work hard to invite someone. I had a moment this week where I was, uh, I was talking to my neighbor and I thought, oh, I should invite him to church because I told everyone else to do that. And then I thought, yeah, but that's going to be awkward. What if, they, what if they don't go? What if they never want to talk to me again? What if they think I'm part of some weird cult? What if my kids can't jump on their trampoline? Those are all things that were going through my head. And then I thought, no, if, if I believe that Jesus is amazing, if I'm in awe of who he is and what he's done in my life, I have no other choice because that will change my actions. That will change what I'm doing and what I'm about. And I will do whatever I can for my friends and family to see Jesus, to know Jesus and to meet Jesus. So I invited them. They'll be here. If you talk to them, you can probably jump on their trampoline too. It's going to be awesome. All right. And so the, the goal of next week is, is you plus one. I think sometimes we, uh, we, don't, we don't take challenges personal. I think sometimes we think that this is like a corporate thing, right? It's one of those things when, you're, when your company says, hey, we want everybody to do volunteer hours so we can make an impact. And you think, well, I can't do that, but that guy's got a ton of spare time, so he can do all that, right? And we, we often think when we're in large groups of people that it's about someone else on the other side, the far corner of where we're sitting doing that, Right? This is a, a personal thing, and I want us to see this as a personal thing. And so as we, as we close today, I want to do something that um, may make us a little uncomfortable, might be a little awkward. Uh, oftentimes we do things in, in this room. We want people to feel comfortable, to feel like they're, they're welcome here, to feel like they, 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 they feel like this, this church is for them and this is family. And so we've, we've kind of shown you the roadmap for today. We've said, hey, here's where we're going, and we've tried to talk in some, some plain terms and make you feel welcome. But what we're going to do now... I hope you don't think it's too awkward, but I'm going to ask you to, uh, to stand up right where you're at. Go ahead and stand up. And I want, to, I want to do something just to illustrate the fact that there is still work to be done. Movement Church was, was started in Hilliard, Ohio, on this side, the west side of the city, because people here do not know Jesus. We started in this part of the city because people here need to know Jesus, and sometimes we forget that void. So I would like you to fill in every last seat in front of you. I need you to, to take a step up, two and three rows. I need you to scoot in. I'm sorry if you don't know someone. Maybe you've, you've never met that person. Just go ahead and fill in every last seat. Maybe you can meet someone next to you, say hi to them, ask them for their phone number, ask them to buy you Chipotle, whatever you want to do. I know, I know, this is awkward. You don't know those people. You've never met that person. Go ahead, keep scooting in. Have we, have we filled in all of our seats? Do you guys hear that, that loud, awkward noise behind us? 
worst chair setup crew ever in the history of time, right? It's like they don't even know I'm up here talking. Or maybe, maybe we told them to cause a scene. I want you to go ahead and, and turn around and, and, and see what's behind you. There are a lot of empty chairs behind you. And there's a crew that's willing to set up a lot more empty chairs behind you. Sometimes I think in suburbia, we come to church and we think like, wow, that guy next to me, he was, he was like in my personal space. And we think that rooms are full and we think that no, there, there's enough. There's some good stuff going on there. I want you to know that there is a void. And each one of these seats, each one of these seats, go ahead and turn around and look at them. Each one of these empty seats represents someone in your life that does not know Jesus. Someone that you can bring to meet Jesus for the first time. Because Jesus is amazing. And when we're in awe of who Jesus is, it should change our actions. And we should do whatever we can to bring our friends to know Jesus. And if that means having a conversation, sharing a card with someone, sharing an event on Facebook or whatever that means, that, that's worth it. We intend to share the gospel next week. And so I hope that you'll take this U plus one challenge serious, that we want your friends and family in those seats. We want them hearing the gospel for the first time because we want them to know Jesus. And that's not something that's going to happen if, if the one extrovert in the room invites their, their six cousins, right? There's, there's a lot of seats there. Yet we can easily fill those seats if everyone brings one person. It's that simple. And so I want you to take this to heart. I want you to know that this is serious. This is an us thing. This is not a them or that person thing. This is on us as Movement Church. Whether it's your first day or not, you're a part of us. We want you to be a part of this. So I'd love for you to grab a stack of these invites at the door. Maybe you got some last week. Take more. You have friends, you have family, you have people that you know, you have neighbors. You can invite them. We want to, we want to encourage you in this. And so uh, this week we sent out an email. We, we had a devotional just motivating us to, to have the mind of Christ and to be able to share our faith and think about those things. We're going we're gonna to send out part two of that this week so you can be meditating on Scripture and be excited about what God is doing and be excited about sharing your faith. But I hope today that you're, you're motivated, that you're excited, that Jesus is amazing and we should do whatever we can to bring our friends to Jesus. I'm going to pray and we can continue worshiping and asking God to move in us and, and tell us who he wants us to, to bring next week and we can be excited about what God is doing. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the example that we have in the New Testament, Lord. Jesus is amazing. We want to be in awe of him. We want to be impressed with him. We want to be speechless at who he is. Lord, we want that to change our character and change our actions and change our lives. Lord, we want to do whatever we can to see our friends come to know Jesus, to bring our friends to Jesus. Lord, give us the courage to do that this week. Give us the courage to have conversations, maybe to, to risk relationship or embarrassment. Lord, those things do not matter in light of eternity. What matters is you and that people know you. So God, be with us now as we go and, and for the rest of this week, Lord. I'm excited about the Jesus party that's going to be here next week and we want to see people who will give their lives to you, people whose lives will be changed. So God, help us to, to think of who that person is and as we worship now to pray over that person and over that name and, and ask you to move in some big ways. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you in advance for the way that you work in our lives and the way that you're going to move. It's in your name I pray. Amen.